Hello and welcome to Diary of a Serial Hostess. Today's article is called Gazpacho and Other Stories, and it's a bit of this and a bit of that, but really all good fun. Gazpacho in Spain, besides a delicious and summery fresh tomato soup, is also used to describe a mishmash of things, but specifically a flamenco event where a group of artists performs, and to combat the heat, gazpacho is served as a refreshment. Gazpacho is also used to name any cold soup that is made with uncooked ingredients and a bit of garlic, or cooked and then dressed with olive oil and cherry vinegar. Some new trendy additions to the classic gazpacho are beets, strawberries, watermelon, and cherries. Yes, red is the common thread here. You can also make gazpacho using carrots, melon, romaine lettuce, or even avocado. In essence, it is a soup that is pureed and finished with a drizzle of olive oil and cherry vinegar. At home in Sevilla, we have, we have gazpacho every day for lunch during the summer. Served in wooden bowls as a nod to its rustic origins and garnished with croutons, chopped boiled egg and diced tomatoes. There are endless theories on the best, with or without bread, strained or not, pale in color or even just frothy. The origins of gazpacho date to the 18th century when field workers would use day-old bread dipped in water and summer produce like tomatoes, peppers and cucumbers to make the soup in a mortar and pestle. All I can say is that thanks, good, thank goodness for the mighty blender. As a true Spaniard, I have very clear ideas about real gazpacho. Gazpacho is not chunky and it does not have Tabasco sauce or Asian spices. It's made with a touch of sea salt, a splash of sherry vinegar, and a drizzle of olive oil. Do you want to get creative? That is absolutely wonderful. You'll just have to call it something else. So here are my recipes for my three favorite gazpachos. Salmorejo, originally from Cordoba, is made with tomatoes, day-old bread, garlic, olive oil, and cherry vinegar. It is a bit thicker than gazpacho. Salmorejo is typically served with diced boiled egg and slivers of jamón serrano. But you can, create, you can get creative here and can garnish it with all sorts of other ingredients. I love it with shrimp, lobster, or even really good quality tuna fish. Do strain the tomatoes uh, to make a smooth soup. And I do find this step better than peeling the tomatoes on a hot summer day. And if day-old bread is not your thing, just toast the slices of bread to a light golden color. It will give the salmorejo a wonderful depth of flavor. In some cases, when the moon is full or it's really hot or the tide is out, the soup might become too thick. So just add a little water to thin it out. Carrot gazpacho. A trend in Spanish cuisine is a transformation of old recipes into new ones by using unexpected ingredients. And this carrot gazpacho is precisely that. It's a simple blend of cooked carrots with a touch of garlic and orange juice and then you dress it up as you would the classic Andalusian gazpacho, seasoning it with olive oil and vinegar. It's really just a few ingredients that combine to make a refreshing, healthy, and so unique gazpacho perfect as the first course for a hot summer night's dinner. This gazpacho keeps in the fridge covered for up to a week, so double or triple the recipe. It is well worth the effort. And finally, classic Andalusian gazpacho. Spain's quintessential cold summer soup. It is best made when tomatoes are ripe and juicy. Elegant or rustic, depending on how it is served, gazpacho is also sometimes served in a glass to be sipped as an accompaniment to tapas. In any which way, it is a healthy and refreshing soup that is the perfect beginning for a summer lunch or dinner. 
In Spain, Andalusian gazpacho is served with picadillo, which are croutons, diced boiled eggs, diced peppers, onions, and cucumbers. In essence, the other half of the vegetables that are used in making the gazpacho. Check out the recipe. It's brilliant. And one last thing. I want to use this moment to thank you readers, dear, dear readers, for subscribing to Diary of a Serial Hostess. During the last couple of months, the growth has been impressive. And I'm glad to say that this newsletter will keep developing and growing with more subjects, recipe, and high society scoop. I've never been great at monetizing my intellectual property, and I prefer not to write behind paywalls and be able to share my musing with as many people interested in reading. And so I encourage you to please support my work. And yes, as much as I love to produce these letters, they are work. And I do believe that we all need to be compensated for what we do. It takes time and effort, time to produce and write the newsletters, trips to the supermarket, days in the kitchen developing recipe, hours behind the camera, and flowers, lots of flowers. Luckily, Substack offers many ways to support us writers. You can subscribe, give a subscription, donate a subscription, and even become a founding member. It would also help me immensely if you share, like, and comment. So please do. Thank you again for being part of Diary of a Serial Hostess. Sincerely, Victor.